Welcome to Cycling New South Wales Heritage Commission's historical facts, myths and opinions on the development of the bicycle and the sport. Alec Fulcher, OAM MBE, started competitive cycling as a 14-year-old in the League of Wheelmen and due to his great work ethic and natural endurance was riding off scratch within a year. Ironically, it was that same work ethic along with his family focus that would somewhat limit his opportunities on the bike. As he considered doing full-time cycling while on a stint on the Victorian circuit but just couldn't drop his other work and family commitments. He was a strong performer on both the road and the track, often featuring in the New South Wales Track Championship podium as a young man, and would become a star performer in the National Pursuit Championships, with some great battles with the Victorian John Perry and Peter Panton in the early 1960s. Of course, this was a boom period on the track, partly due to the big six-day promotions. He partnered riders such as Bobby Ryan and Kerry Hool and would finish on the podium in the big sixes with the likes of Sid Patterson and the visiting internationals. He enjoyed the camaraderie and the challenge of the road racing, particularly the big handicaps where he referred to himself as a domestic rider for the likes of Hooley. However, he did, a lot of, he did have a lot of success himself, including first and fastest in the 61 Goldman of Sydney, along with an excellent podium record in the New South Wales Pro Road Championships. His career internationally and the big Australian tours was somewhat limited due to his work and family commitments. However, his outstanding wins in the 1963 Mercury Tour of Tasmania and other tours such as the Tour of the West suggest he would have been very suited to the tough tour racing. You're a good bike rider and I was just curious how that all come about. Right, it's, it's a longer story but just I, I try and shorten it. I was... Um, I was living in Paddington, and uh, my, my father was away, away at the war and all that sort of stuff, and, and my mother made me go hook putty every Sunday morning to Sunday school, at Church of Christ Sunday school. <laughs> they, uh, the bloke, the minister there was a young guy, and we, we got on, I was only about 13 or 14, and, and he, anyhow, it was a mad bloody smith uh, and, and a tourist bike rider, so I started going to the gym with him when I was 14, and we, we, we spent every one twice a week at the gym, then he got me into it, he formed a touring club. We rode down to Burrowing Valley, which is now full of water, it's a Burrowing Dam now, but um, we rode down one week on the Saturday, and you know, there's about 40 people, and I was only 40, and up, up out of the valley, I rode away from everyone, and I used to only ride around the buddy, around the, around the streets, basically. Anyhow, he got me into a buddy bike club, he was sort of a professional bike club, the League of Wheelman those days, yeah. and I didn't have a racing bike, and... I started working in a bike shop at Bonneville Junction for a guy named Huey Smith. And I used to ride from Paddington to Bonneville Junction on my old block frame and roll rims and all that sort of stuff to Bonneville Junction Saturday morning and work all Saturday morning in his bike shop. And then he let me go at half past 11 12 and I'd ride from Bonneville Junction to Bondi to his place and he'd, la- he'd lay me his bike, <laughs> which was bloody 20 year old, it was a racing bike. Then I'd ride from Bonneville Junction and Bondi out to Pagewood with this professional club and I started racing them and that's how so I got racing from a, a Sunday school to a gym to a touring <laughs> club to so, a bike lane a bike lane me a racing bike yeah and clearly then you never ever raced the amateurs you were you were pro right from the start and, well but uh, I joined the Sons Lee's club I didn't know what I didn't know there was such a thing as an amateur and pro clubs yeah and yeah, I was a pro club but what happened is that but he then as the years went on, I won, a, I won my first day title. You see, I won this New South Wales 
track and road race next year, road titles, when I was 15. And a buddy, uh, there I said, mate, anyhow, then I rode the Olympic trials. Anyhow, uh, there was a guy named Terry Flanagan, and he was the same. And he, uh, I did all right in that. Um, and then they found out I was a bloody, I'd, I'd written for money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they, and they suspended me. <laughs> they, they threw me out. <laughs> And I didn't know it was such a thing as Emma as a prize, mate, yeah. So it was all a bit of a shock to you. Mate, I, I, I took my last crutch when I was 15 on the road. And I, when I retired, I was about, I don't know, 33, 34, 35. I was scratch. I never rode anywhere but scratch in 18, 20 years. I was really? junior and senior those days, yeah. And well, Kerry and I rode together for 10 years, mate. We, yeah. we, for many years, only Kerry and I were scratch on our own in New South Wales. We used to play two of them scratch every week, yeah. Yeah. Bobby Leach, Bobby Breach was, was originally, and then he retired. But then after I gave up, I went to business. And then Hooley kept going, and then Oliver and, and Wedders come on the scene. So, yeah, what, what happened, mate? Well, in, in, back in the mid-50s, I wanted to go overseas. Yes. And and you had to go to Melbourne. Melbourne was a mecca of a The New South Wales League of Wilton was just about gone. Yeah. So I went to Melbourne for two or three years to drive with Mockwicks and Patterson and those blokes. So you are racing those guys. And I got a contract in Europe, in Germany. And, you know, I was about ready to go. And buddy, uh, oh, a whole lot of things happened. Jan's parents separated and Christ knows what. And so I came home again. Time. Mate, yeah. I, I, never had, I never had a son touring or that or the one because, mate, what happened if I'm, I was always a bit of a work, I was always a reformer or a service manager or a general manager. So, mate, I, I never had the time to put the hours in. I was up past four in the morning till eight and clock on and, so I, I never at the time those guys had to, 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 to write all the big ones, mate, you know? So you... you I all sorry, you, so you tried to have a crack at full-time down there or you were still trying no, to do no, some... No, I, di I didn't, mate. No, yeah. I, I always, when I went to Melbourne, I, bloody, I went to Gabe full-time and I went to the boss, Bib Still, what his name was, and to give him a notice and he made me the general manager <laughs> with, a, with, a, with, a, with an offer I couldn't refuse. Uh, that, uh, that was the end of that, mate. Cool. Yeah, mate, I was, I was a matter of beginning. I served me an apprenticeship in the stacking company as an apprentice. And when I, got, I got jobs in Melbourne as a matter mechanic just to buy me time before I went to Europe. You know, and I ended up running the bloody place, you know. <laughs> that's another story. But and then when we came back, I ended up on a service station and, and we bought a mixed business in Leichhardt and Jan ran the shop and I ran the service station. And, and we went on and on like that, mate. Then I, I became board heads of Bank Steel. I became the manager there. So... Workplace took priority, bike work when I was right, mate. Yeah. And just one other thing, I remember talking to you one time at the Goulburn, and you uh, and you had a fastest time at the Goulburn, or at least one that I know of. And you, oh, I, got, I, got, I got, I got a couple actually. Yeah, and and you actually rode past your work from memory. What you were saying, I did ride past where, yeah. Mate, the best story, mate, was that the um, one year I got th I first and fastest in the Goulburn, uh, I, and I finished on my own, and uh, and then the following year. Um, there was only Cooley and, and uh, Leachy and I was scratch and we caught chopping block and I left them at Camden about 12 guys I went on my own again <coughs> and my father came out at the crossroads and uh, to see us come past down where I worked and he said good on your son one more to catch and and, uh, and yeah, he won the golden tears in a row and yeah I went down and I caught old Clive Bribble his name was up in the Meccano set there on Hume Highway and yeah, I finished, finished down in Pinkstown Square and buddy, uh, I went over the line and everyone's clapped in the back and shouting, you know, and I thought, Jesus, two years in a row, first and fastest. So I'm getting changed and Janet was there, my wife, I said, who's those guys in the back of that bloody truck over there? 
said, uh, I said, they run a criteria there before the goal. I said, no, they're the place getters. <laughs> and I said, where did I run? She said, fourth. I said, how far and far? She said, oh, about 15 seconds. <laughs> what happened? The, my dad had come out to the bloody crossroads. And he got there late. He didn't see the three go past. And he oh. thought I was in front. Yeah. <laughs> That's another story, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Was your were your family supportive of your riding? Like did they enjoy? Oh yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, mate, I was lucky. Me, all like you, mate. All my family took up racing, so yes, it made it, it become a family. Like you say, that goes home to yourself, mate. Yeah. yeah, and and that is important. It's something. Maybe Alex Fulcher's greatest cycling legacy is his contribution to the sport through coaching. Besides a national coach at both the Commonwealth and Olympic Games, Alex was a driving force behind the Australian Coaching Commission after compiling a comprehensive national team development document after the 1978 Edmonton Commonwealth Games in Canada where he was the track coach with Bernie Sweeten a manager and Victorian Ken Trowell the road coach. By the 82 games in Brisbane, Alex was excited to see the staff supporting the Australian team had grown, with Ray Godkin and Charlie Walsh joining Alex in the team, and significantly John Beasley coming on as a team mechanic, which increased the preparation and infrastructure behind the team. By the 84 Los Angeles Olympic Games, where Alex was again the coach, it was clear the infrastructure behind the team was essential for success. And as for the next decade, the staff roster behind the national team grew exponentially. By the 1990s, the Commonwealth Games staff roster included multiple track coaches, multiple mechanics, plus a women's coach, a masseur, a therapist, all under a full-time manager. It was a far cry from Alex's Edmonton Games, where incidentally Alex's team pursuit team of Victorian Colin Fitzgerald and New South Wales legends Kevin Nichols, Shane and Gary Sutton took the gold, along with Kendrick Tucker's sprint gold. I, I came back from 78 uh, from the Commonwealth Games and, and gave a, about a, a 20 page report what I think should be done in Australia uh, we just went there ad hoc and all that sort of thing in those days and I sort of kicked it off and then I started the New South Wales and this is what I started that in cycling so. Talked about you uh, going overseas in about oh, 1982 to catch up with the Germans and what they were doing no, I went with Gary Sutton. We went to the World Track and Road Tiles in England in '82, and the uh, the road tiles were down in Goodwood, down the south of the, uh, the airport, down the south of um, the car racing circuit, down the south of England. And the uh, East Germans love with these uh, what we call funny bikes those days. We've never seen them before, and they had them all locked into a compound. And uh, and I went back in my night time with a camera and took photos of about about, <laughs> about, about a hundred photos of all these bikes from every angle I could get. So were you allowed to? Or? No, 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 no. Oh, really? No. And so I, I came back home and we developed all the photos and I sat down with Jeff Scott and we mucked around for about a year with different designs and where to raise the handlebars onto the head stem of the, of the, of the foot top, the fork crown and... Uh, and then we went for the, the, the teardrop tubing and we would do a lot of things. And uh, anyhow, um, I was pretty keen. I had my own team then, so I built five of them, I think, for our team's time trial team. And we were the first ones that have all the same bikes and all that sort of thing. And, uh, and that was certainly an innovation in Australia. I had the first one. Jeff and I had the first ones in Australia. And then we went on the track bikes. We did the same thing with the track bikes. So we had the first funny bike, for want a better word, uh, aero track bikes in Australia too. So Jeff and I put a lot into it over, the, over about a two or three year period. With with study and 
Although the official records suggest that Alex Fulcher formally started his cycling administrative duties in the mid-1980s when he took over the President's position of Cycling New South Wales and become the cycling delegate to the Australian Commonwealth Games Association New South Wales Division, in actual fact he'd been running cycling events for more than two decades prior. His natural management and promotion skills meant that Alex was always looking to assist the development of cycling in New South Wales. In fact, in the mid-1960s, when Alex was shocked at the dramatic drop in the quality of New South Wales racing after returning from a stint in Victoria, he set to work on the forming of the Sydney Professional Cycling Association and, with the help of a number of other enthusiasts, increased the pro, no- pro numbers by almost tenfold inside 12 months. As a young man, his own cycling results were amazing, given the amount of work and cycling administrative duties that he would fit into his day. This was clearly on display at the historic Tour of the West. Alex takes up the story. So I come back to Sydney. When I come back to Sydney, there was no bike racing. It was finished. Uh, they ran a, a carnival at Wally Park, and there was only about 10 starters. <laughs> so I formed the Sydney Professional Cycling Association from scratch. And I rang around everyone I knew, and uh, nine months later, I ran a, a Sydney Cup on wheels, and I had 85 starters, yeah? I went from 10 to 85, yeah? So the riding as an administrator was on the wall there already? Yeah, it was a bit, mate, yeah. yeah. So we formed up a guy named Keith Lariat and uh, Stan Huckleman. and we kept going for years, and then Kerry kept it going after I retired, virtually, yeah? of the West. I seen a photo the other day. Oh, and... mate, that's another story. When the bike ride was, it was done, there was no, nothing. When I formed the Sydney Professional Association, uh, I remember the old Tour West back in the 50s, so Kerry Hill and I got in a buddy, my old car. We drove all around the around the, the West, all the towns and parks and Forbes and Gower. And, and you know, Kerry and I went to every hotel. We sold every bike rider for £10. And I, and I got 60 pups to put in 10 pounds. And uh, I got Harry Berkeley, his name was. He was a silkscreen printer. And he printed 60 jumpers for me with different bloody pups on them. <laughs> so we had every bike ride in the, in the, in the race was sponsored. Oh. So, we ran the, so we ran the Tour of the West. And buddy, um, I had two stages every day. And I was running. So every time we would stop for lunch, all of us would be sitting there getting rubbed and bloody having a moon. I'd be bloody... Uh, having all the cases with the police about crossing the wrong side of the road and everything, I'd be standing on my bloody bike, so sweating, and we'd go for an hour, an hour and a half about who crossed the double lines and who this and bloody that, trying to, they wanted to stop the race and I'd try to keep it going. So I, I ran it for three days and uh, I ended up, uh, my team, I had some blokes from Bathurst in the team yeah. now too. Anyhow, we ended up winning the team's thing and I won the last stage in the Bathurst, so it was. It was quite a weekend, actually. Yeah, and was it a one-off event? Clearly, you, I don't know how no, you did I ran it. it a second year, yeah. uh, but I didn't ride the second year. Then years later, Johnny Scott picked it up, but I, but I resurrected it after about 15 years, mate, yeah.